Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. No one has bigger dreams than Nacho. When you are a man, sometimes you wear stretchy pants. It's for fun. But to become a champion, I would like that kind of respect. He'll need strength. Speed. And style. And now, The orphans, they need me. He'll become their hero. From the director of Napoleon Dynamite and the writer of School of Rock, Jack Black. That didn't hurt. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest Patreon watch. This is where Timbo and Guy Guy get a film selected by the good people on patreon.com slash T-W-I-O-A-T. If you're uh, heffing through to us, 10 bucks or more, you get to be part of the Deciders Club and see what we're going to watch. I tell you what, not a lot of heat this week, Guy Montgomery, on the voting. Oh, well, there you go. That's probably how we wound up in uh, such dire straits as we have. I don't know if this was thrown to us as a life raft or some sort of mercy offering, but uh, I have just endured, as I know you have, Tim, uh, the 2006 film, the follow-up to the very popular uh, Napoleon Dynamite by director and writer Jared Hess and his partner in crime and life, uh, Jerusha Hess, Nacho Libra. Is that, am I saying that correctly? Nacho I it was Libre. Yep, that works too. Nacho Libre. I am uh, I I'm displaying the same amount of care and delicacy to uh, sp- the, the Spanish language as the filmmakers and actors did. Libre from memory means free. And I don't know where, what, I mean, what is it, what's the title? I don't even know. His name, was, his name was Nacho. No, his name's Ignatius. Was it? He, his, yeah, exactly. His wrestling name is Nacho, perhaps. I've, I mean, I've just watched the film and I can't even verify if that's true. This was a Nickelodeon movie. This was, of course, made before the global financial crisis where um, a plucky young 18-year-old still living at home could walk into a bank with uh, his promise of a first payslip. Not even a payslip. And walk out of there with a Bank of New Zealand Visa credit card loaded up with twelve thousand dollars of uh, debt facility. 
People were throwing money all over the place. And, was, uh, of course, Napoleon Dynamite had done very well at the cinema. They thought, yeah, blank check. Go for it, guys. Jack Black's a bankable star. It was a different time, actually. That's one question I was wondering is, uh, where does this fit into Jack Black's uh, sort of oeuvre, you know, his filmography? Because I feel like he might have been on a downward trajectory at this point. Uh, no, not at all, actually. He was still regarded as a bankable star. He's appearing in this on the back of King Kong which he'd uh, appeared in oh, 2005. And prior to that... People bemoaned King Kong, though. Yeah, I know, but it did well. Uh, mm. Before that, School of Rock, uh, Shallow Hell, I mean, High Fidelity. So this is peak Jack Black and maybe the beginning of the slippery slope towards mediocrity that we know and love him for today. The question I kept wondering, Tim, and have been dying to ask you is, is Jack Black funny? Oh, yeah. Credit where it's due. He's not like a thousand percent in the bullseye of, of what I'm looking for in a um in, in a comedian, but you know, you gotta you gotta recognize game's gotta recognise game here. He's a fantastic physical performer and there's a lot of things that on paper it looks like this really would have worked. Um a lot of physical comedy. We're giving Jack Black a few excuses to, to bust out into his um his songs. His improv comedy songs. And it feels like it should work, but it also just feels like no one's having a lot of fun in this film. It's got that same energy of Napoleon Dynamite, except it's sort of, it's like half a foot in, half a foot out. Do you know there you had, uh, I believe the young man's name was John Hedder, and he yeah. was so awkward. So it was great. It was like, we were all in. Well, also, he was a, not a known entity, and so he had the opportunity to break out, and also it blurred the line between actor and character. Whereas in this one, when you've got a bankable star and you're just sort of watching Jack Black hammer it up in a series of failed set pieces, uh, it's hard to really sink your teeth into what you're watching. It was, I mean, in a word, I, I knew it was mediocre, but I, even then, this was seriously underwhelming. And while we're on the topic of 2006, I'd love to ask, you know, what a fella like you, $12,000 armed on the credit card, what must be around the ripe old age of 18, 19, what in God's name are you spending that money on? I didn't realise that you uh, had seen through the ruse and established quite so quickly that that exemplar in my story was myself, but yes, it was. Um, look, it was a scary time to be alive. The banks didn't really know what was going on. It had been a good ooh, 80 years since the last Great Depression, and I think they'd forgotten how money in the economy worked, to be honest. So I was, I was just rolling around with this big dick credit card, burning a hole in my, in my wallet. Um, moved out of home promptly after that, not using the debt per se, but using a job at the tax department um, to ferry me away from the nest, which is the same way that I got the credit card. It was a heady time to be alive. I was living with my mate Tom at the time, who was uh, also working in another government department call center. Days spent hating our jobs, nights spent filled with alcohol and rabble-rousing in central Wellington. What's become of Tom today, do we know? Do we care to ask? Tom's... Tom's uh, Tom Tom's a father. Uh, I actually saw him on the weekend. Visited his his wee boy, and he is working uh, on his own terms now. You better believe he's in the private sector and he's really kicking ass and taking names and making a human, or he's made one. You know, it's it's impressive well, stuff out there. Credit where it's due. I feel like Tom's contribution to the construction of the human was limited to probably one, maybe up to fifty nuts. Uh, I would say, as always, credit is truly owed to um, the mother 
Mm. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. But you know, they're both keeping keeping the wee boy alive. Hey, guy, could you uh, give me a bit of a rapid fire? What happened in Nacho Libre? Uh, so you've got uh, Jack Black, or Nacho as we'll call him. He must be the titular Nacho. I don't know if it's his real name or his wrestling name, but he's Nacho. He is a monk who, since childhood, has had a real affinity for uh, uh, wrestling. I'm not sure of what the the uh, luchador, that's what it is, uh, luchador wrestling, which is sort of, you know, that, those, those, those famous uh, face masks. Uh, you know, it's a Mexican style of wrestling or, you know, uh, certainly, the theatrics are associated with with Mexico, and he's he he's got a real penchant for that. Uh, but he grows up to be a sort of lousy and destitute cook at the monastery, uh, providing you know gruel grade meals for hungry boys who don't really respect him or the food he prepares. Um, no one really seems to care for this guy at the monastery, and to be honest, it's pretty easy to see why. He's an uninspiring figure. He's um, he also refuses or just cannot speak in Spanish. I mean, the whole time I was thinking, either fucking put the movie in Spanish or don't make the movie. <laughs> do or do not. There is no half Spanish. Because like everyone else in the film, presumably uh, by the amount of talking they got to do and the accents, uh, native Spanish speakers. Jack Black, the only one who's not... It, it really did like... And this is part of it. Like the rules of the movie just weren't clear. It felt like... Uh, the what were their name? The Hesses uh, got their tails mm. up after Napoleon Dynamite. Watched a Wes Anderson movie and said, "Oh yeah, we'll do one of those," and just dropped the ball across. You know, just it was it was bad. I didn't know when it was set originally, and that's always the risk with having sort of a um, storyline involving quite such a level of poverty as like a, a poor orphanage out in the middle of nowhere. Is so you got no points of reference for where where and when we are yeah and it'd be fair to say when was the set um i mean it's not important there's no phones but i think it's meant to be timeless this is regarded as an evergreen by the creators uh but i don't think this movie would be made now uh and also i'm sorry i just realized i didn't finish my plot snob so i got sidetracked by complaining uh pretty Mm. much he uh, uh a nun arrives at the monastery who he decides to fall in love with uh, she presumably is just faffing around while she also decides to fall in love with him throughout the film. He starts wrestling because he gets a bag of corn chips stolen for the orphans by uh, uh, not a hoodlum, but certainly you know a guy who's running around taking food from people. I guess he needs it. Uh, they form In the an style unlike- of a monkey. Yeah, they form an unlikely duo as a wrestling pair. They're amateur wrestlers. They start getting paid even though they're losing. His aspirations get ahead of him. He wants to be a professional wrestler and win the heart of the nun and support the people at the monastery. I mean, that is the threadbare plot that we're given. And I can see what they're going for, where, like, if it's a simple story told well, it can be really quite engaging and satisfying, you know, like if, if the, the characterization or the performances or the script are, are rich enough, uh, you know, simplicity can be a real virtue. But this just made for a very, very boring consecutive series of unfunny set pieces uh meandering towards something that i can't imagine anyone cared about i don't think anyone involved in the filmmaking process really could have been too invested in the story because it's just so light l-i-t-e a deliberate misspelling to convey how i feel (laughs) yeah that really came across in how you pronounce the word light you'd miss the g and the h there i don't know man 
They they were trying to build a thing. It's got a certain style to it. They didn't pull it off. It's just so nothing. I was kind of. Do you know who I was disappointed in? I was disappointed in the people who voted for us watching this. To be fair, and I I don't think I've ever said that before. But you guys need to take a look at yourselves in the mirror and just establish who you are and what we're all here to do. This is a Nickelodeon movie. What kid watched this and was like, "Cool movie"? Because uh, there was no like. It wasn't instructional enough on where we laughed. And for some reason, I thought it was directed by John Favreau. Let me just throw that in. I don't know why. I just thought it was. No. John Favreau's sort of gone on to prove himself with these uh, live adaptions of uh, Disney films, The Jungle Book. Uh, and he did the Iron Man he's series the Lion as well. King, right? And he's doing The Lion King right now. Uh, I, I also don't know. I mean, I guess Jack Black fans would have watched the movie. Uh, Napoleon Dynamite fans would have watched the movie. It, it, it grossed $95 million, $99 million at the box office on a budget of $32 million. Uh, so it's, it, it's it, a win. It, it wasn't a total flop. The, the tagline, which gives you a real yeah. insight into the movie-making process, he's not lean, he's not mean, he's nacho, Average hero, which is a variation on the old street joke of uh, what do you call someone else's cheese? Well, I don't what? know. It depends what sort of cheese it is. I mean, did you just make that up then, or is this an established joke? No, that, I gave it an alternative punchline. I thought you would have known. the The punchline is no. uh, nacho cheese. Oh, okay, that's quite good. I like that. No, I haven't heard that one before. Uh, you can tell by how much I'm laughing, guy. That's how much I like the joke. One of my favorite things to experience as a comedian is when uh, the recipient of the joke or the audience tell me that they like the joke, in spite of the fact that their tone and face have not shifted one jot from the pre-joke world. I'm almost um, ready to close the book on talking about Nacho Libre. I don't think there's a lot to mine here, and this is coming from two gentlemen who managed to get a year out of Grown Ups 2, Sex in the City 2, and We Are Your Friends, for crying out loud. But the well is dry. It's, ju- it's a film that doesn't fail hard enough to be interesting and doesn't succeed in anything enough to be enjoyable on its own terms. So I'm going to lightly, Guy, unless you stop me, close the book on Nacho Libre, and I want to delve into Jack Black's prior career, if we I, may. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I would. I just before you shut the book, uh, I know that we oh, can always wrap up the book. Stuck a finger in. I yeah, I'd like to put my little finger in there, please. Uh, I, I would like to say that you, I agree wholeheartedly that it doesn't fail hard enough to be interesting, and that's also because the ambition was never enough for it to be anything interesting. It could never be a spectacular failure. It could only be a moderate oh, to satisfying success. Ex- I don't agree with that. It's it's weird enough that you could totally fuck it up. They they competently made a film. It's there. It exists. You want to watch it? I mean, don't. I would say don't watch it. But you know, it it exists. I'll tell you this, fine. Tim. When uh when Jack Black first uh slapped the butt of the wrestler in their first wrestle, you know yeah. when he yeah I smiled. <laughs> Was that the max the maximum? Uh, arousement that this managed to elicit from you biggest yeah biggest reaction good stuff i remember seeing shallow howl i'm pretty sure at the cinema and that wasn't that good either i feel like that is a film that probably wouldn't stand the test of time i'd be tempted to say have you ever seen shallow howl i watched the the gorgeous and talented gwyneth paltrow who is um also just an absolute (laughs) wealth of medical knowledge that woman who wonders yeah 
barely ever sees. Yeah, best known now, of course, is the author of the popular medical journal Goop, uh, the very scientific name. Uh, she was fucking trolling the whole time, eh? Like she re- she put the she put the name right on the tin. She still is trolling Tim, and that's why people are angry. Uh, <laughs> look, yeah, I saw Shallow Hell. I mean, that was the heyday of the Farley Brothers. God knows what other movies they made. Shadow Hell, certainly I think when you said might not stand the test of time is a very generous estimation of just how poorly their movies play now. Uh, it, 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 uh, I, I remember laughing though. I remember that George Costanza or uh, what's his name? Jason Alexander had a tail in the film and thinking that was funny. And then there are other like... Oh. The classic set pieces yeah. that they put in the movie, you know, like the just, you know, I guess the, the basic gag that they play over and over is, uh, you know, he thinks that he's dating Gwyneth Paltrow when really he's dating Gwyneth Paltrow in a fat suit. And even as I say it now, you can imagine the, the corners of my lips are turned upwards as I fondly <laughs> reminisce on the comedy gold that was sown throughout the fields. Uh but yeah, I Guy, remember it's a bulletproof premise. Yeah, I remember smiling along and laughing. Uh, I don't remember enjoying it. I don't remember rewatching it. But at that point, so this is again we're near the beginning of Jack Black's movie career. I don't know. He probably broke through television and stuff. High Fidelity. I sort of remember as being uh, my introduction that, to that him. That was it. <clears throat> that was everyone's introduction to him. I think. And um, it's it's it, it goes. What's his to, name? Kuzak. John John Kuzak. Yeah, yeah. Banking on. Uh, that he was sort of grabbing on the tail of John Cusack in that film. And I'll tell you what, Cusack is a man who I always underestimate. And whenever he pops up in something I'm watching, I'm like, you know what? John Cusack, fucking good actor. Both the Cusacks, John and Joan, they are a joy to watch on screen. Uh, I don't know Joan. What's she in? You do, you, I mean, there's no way. Did you see School of Rock with uh, Jack Black? Yep, sure did. Uh, so Joan Cusack, I think she was like the head, the headmaster or headmistress of the school that he. She's also, uh, I mean, I don't know what she's best known for. I, I just remember as like a character actor who shows up, and I'm oh always. Oh my god, I didn't know this was. I've just looked her up, guy, um, which is a great thing to do on a podcast. I can see her face now. She's she's very distinctive. You immediately know who you're dealing with when you look her up. I did not realize that they were siblings. Yeah, the. Acting runs thick in the Cusack blood. Uh, There's also but, an Anne. There's another sister. Uh, well, I know nothing of this Anne, but I assume that she's got the, well, she's got chops. A real joy to work with. Real pro on set. Guess, um, who's, guess who's on her Wikipedia? She was in Multiplicity, Grey's Anatomy, Scandal, One Tree Hill, and some other stuff. Boston Legal, I, I watched that. Bones, she was in Fraser apparently. Ally McBeal, Criminal Minds. A television actor. I'll bet you she gets absolutely fucking laid out at Thanksgiving. Uh, I mean, the residuals are fantastic, but, you know, when you're up against Joan and John, that's brutal. High Fidelity, I'd just like to quickly say, the reason that Jack Black probably shot in that film, I don't know how that movie's aged either. I remember reading the book and quite enjoying it a while ago after my first serious breakup. Uh, Unsurprising, seeing as the book's all about a dude confronting being, you know, breakups. But uh, it goes to show, you know, it's so easy to steal the scene as the support, isn't it? It's that oh, yeah. di- that difficult segue into being the the leading uh, the leading actor, the leading person, the leading man or lady in Hollywood terms. Uh, that 
that's the difficult transition. And I mean, Jack Black has successfully done this now. Think yeah. about Kung Fu well, Panda. He was fantastic oh, in yeah, Kung true. Fu Panda. He's been cast in several successes and failures. I think Jumanji last year that he was in was really popular in the end. I guess that was the Rocks movie. But I remember watching the trailer yeah, and being very sceptical. But that movie fucking blitzed it. Kung Fu Panda as well. I, the thing that I kept reading about Jumanji was that it was uh, way more enjoyable than it had any right to be, was the general consensus. But I didn't uh, get along to it, unfortunately. I will, I'll watch it at some point. But Kung Fu Panda, you've got a, a team and hundreds of millions of dollars, you know, digitally creating a, a great movie there. There's no denying the guy's got pipes. He's got a fantastic voice, not just in his sort of vocal range for his singing, but um, just his talking voice. It's so funny. He can do so many things with it. He's got yeah. like a rubbery face of a voice. I, I remember listening to uh, Tenacious D's comedy songs and laughing along. Again, I mean, God, the world turns around fast. But uh, The Only Gay Eskimo, that was my portal into Jack Black. I now remember that was the first thing. And then the other one was Fuck Her Gently, which I actually brought yeah, the fuck house. It. I brought the house down with Fuck Her Gently at a Montgomery family Christmas once. I did a, a full <laughs> delivery of it. A cappella, the whole table, had grandma, the aunts, the uncles, the cousins in stitches. God. Is nothing sacred at the time of our Lord's birth, Guy Montgomery? Uh, I mean, not if you've just heard Tenacious D's Fuck Her Gently and painstakingly remembered all of the lyrics. <laughs> was there was there nary a, um, uh, a sort of darting look at you or a, um, a hand gesture to maybe cut it out midway through? Everyone was on board? You had a 100% hit rate uh, there in the room? Not everyone was on board, but it was that classic situation where you've got your key players laughing along and they're frustrated through the laughter, but they're laughing, which pretty much makes you feel invincible. Uh, and, I mean, general consensus was keep going. Also, as I recall, this was probably around the time I'd been given carte blanche on saying the word shit. I had not yet graduated to fuck or any of its constituents. Yep. Uh, it's like getting your pen license, isn't it? It is. School. That is the teenage pen license. And then, I mean, other people were probably getting hand jobs or something in the bushes, but uh, yes. I'm sure that those memories Rule aren't quite- Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, Tim, you know I'm a huge advocate for hiring an objective professional, licensed professional to tell my problems to so that when they tell me what they think, I know I'm getting it straight. That's where BetterHelp comes in. That's right. BetterHelp have a big pile of professionals to talk to at your convenience online. You've done a bit of therapy, right, Guy? I started doing therapy during, uh, there was a pandemic, I don't know if you remember, and the benefits were immediate and long-lasting. They help give you skills that you can use when you are in stressful or anxious situations. Honestly, it's changed my life for the better. I guess that's why they call it BetterHelp. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash all time today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash all time. Right, is vivid or positive as uh the this this rip roaring performance of fuck her gently but yeah the guy he was obviously funny and kyle gas or whatever and then i mean i feel like you strike me as someone who would have been a huge jack black fan because you you love uh music you like it it just feels like it's right in the fucking slot for you tell me i'm wrong tenacious tenacious d was a huge hit um among my pals at high school and I, i was definitely into them as well I remember there's one particular skit, I think, on the same album as um, Fuck You Gently, uh, which is them going through a fast food chain, and it's Jack Black putting in his order, and I re- like that, for me, was one of the funniest comedy it- skits I'd ever yeah. heard. Uh, I, I he remember. Keeps, he orders a, a, a fucking truckload of items from a... Um, is it a Carl's Jr. I think that he's out? And this was before New Zealand had a Carl's Jr. So this was some fabled American chain that I hadn't experienced. And as a big fast food fan, I was sort of enthralled with that right out the gates. And he keeps stacking things onto the order and then stresses that he wants a junior Western bacon cheese because he's trying to watch his weight. And at the end, orders a half and half Diet Coke because uh, he's, he's trying to watch the weight. And then... <laughs> Kyle Gass takes a brief moment of inhalation before he makes his order, and uh, Jack Black starts laying into him for taking too long. It's a it's a great skit. It's good stuff. Yeah. I remember now, as you say, I'm coming to uh, in my head. I'm hearing the trying to lose, so, trying to watch my figure, trying to lose some of the weight. That's, and actually, that's where he says um, he orders a bunch of shit, and he says, "Fuck me, what else?" And as someone who's a big fan of the F word, as a young man, that spoke directly to my heart. And I've used that line, I mean, countless times in my in my days walking this earth. Yeah, it's no. Um, Jack Black's had way more of an impact on me than I sort of first realized. Yeah, well, I think then you'd let on now. It's sort of like, um, it's the equivalent of, I don't know, what Blink-182 maybe, or they're possibly ironically cool again, but Sublime, you know. It's, it's really, it really takes hold at the time, and then as you go out of it, you sort of, 
uh, almost willfully disassociate yourself with it because you're like, oh, no, 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 no. It's a valuable market. Like, it's the same with Sandler. I fucking went crazy yeah. for him. Sandler was a much bigger impact on me than Jack Black. Jim Carrey, arguably the biggest in terms of comedy actors. Um, but it's, it's just a different time. You're a different person, aren't you? What do you feel about how Jim Carrey's landed now as carving out a position as sort of a bearded elder statesman of the crazies? Can I be honest with character? you? I worry about the guy. I watched his Norm Macdonald live episode and it made me pretty uneasy. I kind of enjoyed his comedians in cars getting coffee, but like, and then you read some of the stuff like he's had, uh, he used to be married to Jenny McCarthy, who sort of mm. uh, is mostly known now as a quite a uh, vocal anti-vaxxer. I believe Jim Carrey is as well. There are certain elements of his uh later stages of his career that I, I, I'm wary of. I watched that documentary as well. But I still uh, I still love the guy. He's actually about to be in a, a... I think it might be for Showtime, a TV series where he plays uh, a Mr. Rogers-type, wildly popular um, yes. children's entertainer that loses his cool or, like, you know, has a mental breakdown. And that yeah. looks both perfectly cast and fucking yeah. watchable. Yeah, that does look good. Did you see, I th- we may have even spoken about it, but that mini documentary that popped up online of Jim Carrey's painting career these days. Dude's fucking good. He's making some good art out there. Good on him, good for him. Uh, the only other thing I remember about him, and this is actually quite, um, it's quite grim. His partner or an ex-partner of his uh, passed away. She took her own life. And the family are now after... Um, they're sort of suing him for for damages, mental damages, and um, right, yeah, I remember that. When, when I see that, in con- when I see that in conjunction with the sort of quite, uh, just like too open minded, you know, to the point of almost being closed minded, like the the idea that his brain's just moving in every direction all the time, it does. It, it, that's the sort of thing that makes me feel a little uneasy about the guy. I recall a saying from my childhood that I think came from my mum's side of the family, which was, uh, it's important to have an open mind, but if your mind's too open, your brains fall out. <laughs> I like that. And I love it's to laugh. It's true enough, isn't it? I, I love to laugh, me. I tell you, this, this I mean, Nacho Libre, Libre uh, has really, while we might not be discussing the ins and outs of the film, it's really opened a door into some other stuff that certainly I'm I'm vaguely interested in t- I am interested in talking and hearing about I don't know how it would be for the consumer but you get what you pay pretty for pretty good don't I you? think the thing is is they handed us a bit of a turd this week and that's fine that's that's uh, that's you know the deciders club prerogative but there are consequences to everyone's actions I went to uh, Mexico as a young boy I think I was 17 I was either 16 or 17 and I've, I'm pretty sure I've told this story um before about how I got on there so I won't bore you with the details again but I remember getting some shit hot luchador masks they were the fucking best thing I bought in Mexico bringing those home I tell you what what a gift what an absolute gift because you really can't get like good quality hand done wrestling masks here in New Zealand you gotta go overseas to get them that might have changed now I don't know but back then so good any kid who went to any uh, any, any on any holiday to a country with a remotely different culture 
and came back bearing gifts fucking ruled the playground i remember a friend of mine named kirk would go to hong kong and come back with fucking fake oakleys and rolexes out the wazoo and that boy ruled the roost you know for the two weeks after he'd get back from his big trip to hong kong Eventually, he became quite an aggressive capitalist and started hawking them for way above their reasonable price. He also added... Fantastic. Uh, he also added those fake Ralph Lauren polo shirts, you know, the really acrylic ones that would hold your adolescent sweat in them. Gee whiz. But oh, I can imagine God. you showing up after the big trip to Mexico with high-quality masks. Holy heck, Tim. They were very expensive and not to be trifled with, though. They weren't for pals. It was for uh, it was for the very close knit. It was for um, sort of family members and maybe besties, but it didn't oh. extend beyond that circle. I'm about to um, go to Vietnam uh, quite soon for my honeymoon, guy, and I had a. a, a Are you looking forward to appropriating now. some of their culture, Tim? In Vietnam. Yeah. No. 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 But I do want to get um, maybe some fake Rolexes because I remember a schoolyard chum of mine going to Vietnam and coming back with a bag full of fake luxury watches, which is not traditionally how they're sold. I don't think um, Rolexes are sold, by the, sold bag. by the bag full. It shows what you know about or the world of high finance else. and nice watches because uh, all respectable watch brands sell by the bag now. No one's hawking individual watches. The margins are too low. Yeah, it's a weight thing. I'll have 600 grams of Rolex, please. Thank Absolutely. Uh, Tim, I'd just like to quickly uh, put a pause on this conversation. Alice is in the room. I think she's packing to leave. So I'm just going to say uh, farewell. So what the listener won't know, you, dear listener, is that Alice Nedden has been staying with Guy and just had to leave. So Guy just had to nip out to say goodbye because he's a, a charming young man. Yeah, I'm a good guy. I also got some chocolate out of the fridge at that time. If you can hear me chewing. Uh, well, this is, this is where you've got to explain what's going on. That'd be an absolute nightmare for continuity. Just all of a sudden, guys chewing on something. You know me, Tim. I chew that. when I have to, how I want to. How do you reckon Jack Black's going for cash these days, guy? Do you think he's going okay? Because I can't remember what is like. I guess the Kung Fu Panda franchise is one of those ones where you're probably getting checks in the mail quite frequently. It's that sort of Dude, a franchise. School of Rock is massive, and I really enjoyed that. Moreover, uh, Jumanji, his second build on the poster, uh, that film with a budget of 90 million grossed 961 million. That's almost a billion dollar film. Jesus. So the Holy guy, shit. the guy's still got it, you know. And it, it, the thing is that it's almost not like it's one for them, one for me with him. It's just like I'll make them all for them, and some of them will work, and some of them won't. <laughs> Nacho Libre could have been one for him. I think it's uh, conceivable that he sort of harboured a desire to play a friar come Mexican wrestler. I reckon that's, that's definitely in the, could have been in the pantheon of things he wanted to do with his career. That feels like one for, it, it feels uh, like a, a measured move. It felt like it could be one for everyone. One for him and for everyone. Uh, Can I ask you a question? Yeah. His fighting... Uh, his his mate, his compadre, whose name I never took the care to remember, I must apologise, but the man who steals the nacho chips off him early on in the film and then they forge a uh, wrestling duo friendship. Yeah. Is that Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite? Because he looks kind of like him, but not really like him. And then uh, with you saying that it's the Napoleon Dynamite guys, I was, I was 
starting to put those two things together. So it's like, I've seen this cat in something else. I was thinking it the whole movie. Couldn't place him. Nah, you'll probably best remember him for playing the role of um, a clerk in the very popular film Wild Hogs. Is that John Travolta and uh, Tim Allen on motorbikes? Not just them. Also, Martin Lawrence and William H. Macy got, got a spot on the poster. William H. Macy, what are you doing, bud? He you does make good stuff. He does whatever he wants. Uh, no, he wasn't. He was not. He was not uh, Pedro. So you've added yourself as. Uh, I mean, you know, mildly racist given the circumstance. Oh God, is it though, or am I just bad at guessing who people are? I didn't know that Joan Cusack was uh, John Cusack's sibling. Yeah, you're so misogynist. Does that make me racist against white against white people? I don't know. Maybe. No, that that makes you sexist, Tim. Uh, the, oh, the the My rap mistake. sheet a, a, against you grows from strength to strength. I'm going to have to join the Rat King underground, forge my own uh, existence in a subterranean landscape. Hey, i got a fun bit of trivia for you about Nacho Libre, which uh, 24 out of 24 users found interesting. Okay. You know the song that Jack Black sings at the party when they crash the party? I Improvised? You're kind of stepping on my punchlines here. Yeah, sorry, go on. Entirely improvised, believe it or not. Yeah, I'm shocked to hear that. That's really surprising and an interesting fact. I can't believe two dozen people thought that that was even something worth worth voting on, to be honest. Of course Uh, it was. Fuck. But now you know, so it's interesting. Is that stuff that what you other probably, facts are in there? You probably wouldn't think about if you didn't know. Uh, well, so the the anticipation of the popularity of this film meant that it was sent to theatres under the code name Toast. <laughs> what? What? Yeah. Why? Were they afraid someone was going to steal the projection tapes? I don't understand why you'd need uh, to code name a movie getting it into the cinema. Look, man, it's a whole, it's a crazy world out there that I wouldn't expect you to understand everything about. Hey, this one is actually kind of interesting. I mean, to the tune of 53 out of 54 users. During filming, okay. Jack Black recorded a series of confessionals, which were uploaded onto the internet as video podcasts available from iTunes. They became one of the most popular podcasts in the world. Huh. Well, how about that? Yeah, you like that, I would like to, that, that I do find interesting. I would like to see this content. I'll bet it's good. He'd be fucking good on a podcast, actually, Jack Black. Have you seen his appearance on the Eric Andre show? I have, and I loved it. I thought he did pretty well considering the circumstances. A lot of birds shitting on him. Uh, was um, it what unco- else did they do to him? Uncomfortable viewing. Uh, oh, it's just like, it, it, you know, I guess that's part of the show, but it's hard to tell how in on the joke the guests are and... Because, they're not, they're not yeah. at all. He was definitely not in on the joke. No one ever is on that show. It's what I love about it. Well, that's just, you know, like, I guess, you know, nothing sacred on that show, but it sort of breaks, it broke my heart to see someone who I revered and has been and maybe still is revered within the comedy community be treated with such, like, not disdain, like that's what this show does, but just, you know, it's kind of semi-heartbreaking. Nah, I think that's great. Fuck your reference, especially with comedy people. If anyone should not be put on a pedestal, it's comedy people, you know? Take them down a peg. 
It's such a good show. It's probably my favorite TV show, the Eric Andre show. It's God, very it's wild. It's very funny, but I find it harder when I see him doing it to a comedian. If only because, uh, yeah, I don't know. Actually, that's an interesting point you raise. I just was like, oh, you poor, ba- like you poor bastard, Jack Black. You don't need to be doing this. The other people, it feels like they haven't earned a successful career independent of the show to the point that this is not above them. But with Jack Black, I was like, man, you're doing fine. Well, he must have been in there to promote something, right? Otherwise, how would they get it? Although Eric Andre had sort of developed into a bit of a star in his own right, so maybe they were just able to say, Eric Andre's doing a show, you should come in and be on it, and then went from there. I can believe that. You know, he... um, the re- the part of the reason why I love the Eric Andre show so much is because he got heavy inspiration from Space Ghost Coast to Coast, which will always be my favorite TV show ever made. There's no taking the place of that. A lot of it, um, he sort of, yeah, heavily inspired his show. Yeah, I know, I know that you're a big Space Ghost guy. There's actually a Twitter account I Huge. found the other day, which is just, you know, they do all those uh, no-context different posts there's a no context space ghost which you'd love because it would trigger memories for you of your your favorite show i'll jump in on that for sure um guy what is left to say about the i feel like this hasn't been um uh perhaps the greatest contribution to the internet that we've ever um produced in our lives so in an attempt to pull back up right here at the end i'd like to play a little game with you yeah by all means by the way i think this is uh this has been fine by the standards of some of our other releases, I think this is almost uh, too comprehensible. Oh, okay. I'm going to um, throw a word at you, and then you're going to construct a poem based on the word. Okay. Leaf. Leaf blowing downwind. Where are you going, little leaf? I'm going home, said leaf. It was a haiku. Yeah, was it though? I was counting along with you because I sort of, based on your pace, um, got wind of what you were doing there. It felt like there was an eight in the middle and I think a six at the end. Uh, I'd just quietly like to say, uh, no, you're wrong. Go F yourself. And I don't know. I can't remember okay. what I said exactly, but I'm sure that uh, yeah. I'll be vindicated by the listeners as they have the yeah. faculty to rewind immediately and hear the perfect 575 format adhered by one of the world's preeminent haiku poets, Mr. G. Montgomery. Uh, Tim. Poet laureate. Yo. I would like a limerick from you, please. On the theme. Yeah, on the theme. Of ink. Of what? Ink. One of the most vital contributions to our earth. Ink. There once was a man from New Zealand who had a book full of... Fuck. Harder than it looks, isn't it? What rhymes with Zealand? (laughs) No, I've got no concept. I was uh, going to say penguin, but it doesn't work. Neelan almost rhymes with Zealand. I'd let you away with it. There once was a man from America who travelled very near and very far to <laughs> fill up his book with ink and good luck, and eventually 
Hey. <laughs> Fuck. Limericks are a difficult little format. Yeah, you, you really tape it out there. Give me a, give me a word and I have a, I have a punt. We should probably put a pit in this. I mean, who wants to listen to this? Yeah, this is garbage. <laughs> Absolute uh, garbage. Look, the theme is to round off this, our greatest contribution to our podcast um, collection so far, Guy, to, to round off this golden episode, you're going to perform a limerick on the theme of clothes. Uh, a lady asked me where my clothes are from. <laughs> I told her I got them from the store. <laughs> Do go on. No, that's it. Thank you so okay, much. Okay, very good. Literally perfect. Now the landing, just gorgeous stuff. Gorgeous stuff. Uh, thank you so much for sticking around, everyone, for the couple who did. And um, we're going to uh, watch a, some more of these movies. I think we got to get back into the old um, director's commentary. It's just a little bit hard to do so when Guy and I are at, at different um, places. I tell you what, talking to someone when there is a lag of about three quarters of a second, it'll fuck you up a little bit more than you think. It's just yeah. a little bit tricky to get a handle on it. Absolutely. How do you think I feel constantly being the thickest burden person? I can't even say the word uh, in any conversation. So, you know, I've always got that 75, 0.75 of a second lag. Uh, life's, life's tough. Life can be tough. Add it together and guys operating one and a half seconds behind me. It's crazy stuff. If you can think of something such a thing, so thank you for sending us Nacho Libre. It's crazy Black, stuff. We wish you, if you can think of, we oh, wish you, fuck. We wish you all the best, and um, uh, highly recommend if you haven't already check out Overlooked and Undercooked, which was our podcast mini series where we watched the entire first season of Real Rob Rob Schneider's attempt to shake up the television industry with his self-funded, directed, and starring and written uh, sitcom. That's on Netflix. Uh, we had a, a guest comedian, a different guest comedian uh, for every episode. And it's good stuff. It's good stuff out there. It's free to get. You just go and grab it. Overlooked and undercooked. Um, until next time, Guy, you want to leave us on any pearls of wisdom? Uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pretty all right, actually. Um, thankful, thankful to be done with the, the Nacho Libra conversation. You got anything to say? Yeah, I'd just like to say, as pearls of wisdom, don't eat pearls. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.